this is Expat Life with Malin and Helena, a podcast where we discuss life and experiences around the world. We have lived abroad for 20 plus years, and in total, that adds up to 11 countries in different parts of the world. This podcast tells the story about navigating life with an intention to inspire, share, support, and engage fellow expats around the globe. No matter where you live, we welcome you to be part of our community. I'm Helena, and I'm here with my wonderful friend and co-host Malin. Yes, it's nice to be back. It is. And it is our second episode. I can't believe it. No, and uh, it's not only the second episode, spring has also officially arrived to Madrid. Yes, spring has arrived. Blue skies, sun is shining, birds are singing. It's really, really nice. We went to Salamanca uh, last weekend. That's a city in the western part of Spain. It uh, has one of the oldest running universities and the buildings are amazing and they have closed off basically all the city center. So you can walk everywhere without hearing the noises from cars. Salamanca is such a nice city. I was also amazed by the mix of food there because you have the very traditional Spanish food and I read somewhere that Salamanca is famous for its ham. But then there were also a lot of vegetarian and vegan places and I guess that's the influence from the students. So we uh, ate amazing vegetarian food and then... uh, you know, some traditional Spanish uh, tapas. Uh, And for me, that was really one of the highlights of the trip. That's really nice. I was there a long time ago, many, many years ago. So I I don't think that that was the case at the time. But that's so nice when you see a city evolving like that. Yeah, and during the night, I was amazed by the amount of people. It was, of course, a puente uh, in Madrid. So puente is a long weekend. uh, And I think there were a lot of people who took advantage of that. Um, So my my week started good. Yeah, and talking about vegan food, my husband and I just started plant-based journey, really inspired by you as well, Malin. We'll see. This is our our fifth day or something like that. Well done. You you also told me it also got you back into the kitchen because that has been uh, a, a bit abandoned lately, hasn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, that's a consequence of being empty nesters. You know, you don't feel the, the need of cooking as much as when you have kids at home. <laughs> Good on you then. With that, uh, I think it's time to get started with the topic of today. And that is? That's my first steps in Copenhagen and yours in New York. Yeah, so let's go over how you end up in Copenhagen, Malin. In the previous episode, you mentioned that you moved with your little baby and uh, your husband at the time. When was this? We moved to Denmark on the 1st of August in 2000. Wow, you remember the exact date. I do, because our son is uh, born on the 1st of July, uh, and uh, he was baptized when he was uh, four weeks old, and then we moved uh, two days later. Wow, that's really brave to move with such a little baby and being a first-time mother. It was completely voluntary. It was something we wanted to do, so we were excited. And uh, I think, you know, as a first-time mom, you also don't really know what you're getting yourself into. Uh, So there was nothing about being brave. It was just about doing it. And how come Copenhagen? 
So we had spoken about moving abroad for uh, quite some years. And uh, at this time, I had recently started my thesis and I wanted to continue uh, with them. And at that time, it was also easier to be close by. Uh, it's different from today, I think, where you can basically work from anywhere. Um, so uh, we then said, okay, let's go to Denmark. Uh, then we're close by and I can continue, but it's still a different experience. Yeah, so that's quite different from when I moved to New York then. Yes, because you moved there uh, much younger and also as a single woman. Yeah, that's right. I uh, went to New York at the end of my university studies. So since you went as a student, uh, did that mean that uh, things were organized for you? Yeah, pretty much everything was organized beforehand, I would say. Uh, the only thing that wasn't organized was the the internship that we had to find ourselves and uh, so you studied for a while and then you had an internship. Right. So we did an internship for about three months, I think it was. And uh, and then we graduated. And I was really lucky. I got a job offer um, right after I finished. And do you think that was pure luck? No, I guess looking back, uh, I was a really hard worker and um, fast learner. So I guess it had something to do with it. I'm sure it had. You're humble as always. So getting into the workforce like that, uh, that must have been quite a difference. Oh, absolutely. As a student, I would say I had a soft landing in New York. Um, and as a an employee, I was on a fast track of becoming a local. The honeymoon was over for sure. And what does that mean? I was on my own. Uh, I had to, it was up to me to, to get a visa, find an apartment, settling in basically. Given that you already had a job, I assume you had to find an apartment pretty quickly then. Yeah, my roommate and I, we had to find an apartment pretty much right away. Um, so we rented, we settled for the first uh, apartment we found, which is a terrible idea. <laughs> How come? Well, on the surface, it was great. We we really liked it. It was a small apartment, but it was a really nice area, Upper East Side, uh, residential, tree-lined street, nice apartment building. We had a great year there. We had lots of fun. But then we, we both wanted our own apartment, so we moved We moved on. We also found out afterwards that there had been a police raid, apparently in the basement of the apartment building where we used to live. It was a brothel. And you didn't notice that when you were living there? No, we didn't. But it does explain the amount of people coming and going. <laughs> <laughs> And Helena, you also mentioned that you became local very quickly. Could you expand a little bit on that? Because it makes me curious to understand what is it to be a local? To me, it's a sense of belonging, I would say. Even though I was a foreigner, uh, like many others, I had my job, I had my, my community, I had my friends, my social life, my routine, my network. But did you have all of that from the beginning? I mean, you had your work to start with. Correct. And I had a, a pretty big social life as well, because since I had been there for, for a few months before that, um, doing my internship. And in New York, everything is is so elevated. Everything is so fast-paced. Um, you, you make friends so fast. Uh, you get to know so many people. You make it sound uh, pretty easy uh, to get settled uh, in a big city like New York. And for me, I'm just thinking about, you know, what about, you know, being completely anonymous in a new place? You don't think that there is a risk uh, of feeling lost? Without doubt. 
but that was not my case though because keep in mind that I was in my 20s working for a large corporation I arrived to New York with so many other uh, students in the same situation as I was uh, I had a big social network I had a, I felt I had a feeling of fitting in actually and I had a, um, a sense of belonging as well through my work but also through all my friends around me it's obviously very inspiring to hear that it uh, went so well for you. Do you think that was the case for everyone? No, absolutely not. I think I was very lucky in that sense. I had friends actually that uh, they left after a few months because um, they had a hard time. New York can be really hard at times. You, I think you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. So when it comes to your few first few months in Copenhagen, um, were there any similarities at all or... Even though my situation was very different, there are some similarities for sure. Um, Especially thinking about, you know, we moved to Denmark uh, because we wanted to. So for us, it was also about finding an apartment, um, moving the stuff. Uh, I mean, obviously we had a moving company doing that, but organizing the things, uh, that was um, on our own, you know, uh, on our own time, basically. Um, then uh, being from Scandinavia, it's easy to move between the different countries. So there was no need for visa or any of those things. And um, the company that my husband worked for at the time, uh, they also helped with, you know, him moving the office somehow. So that, of course, helped. So let me ask you this one. Uh, Did you also settle for your first apartment that you saw? (laughs) (laughs) almost but it wasn't the first Uh, we uh, found an apartment uh, in in the central part of Copenhagen but uh, close to uh, something that they call the four lakes and it's not lakes it's small uh, artificial ponds and for me it was important to be close to to green areas basically and uh, it then also turned out that during the years that we lived in that apartment it was a beautiful building and those lakes they became my life savior basically because it was where I walked with my baby uh, it was when I went running uh, for me that's like you know the breeding space um, so it, the location was perfect and then we were like 10 minutes 10-15 minutes walking distance to Ströt uh, which is the main street in Copenhagen where you had all the bus um, so the location was excellent it wasn't the first apartment we saw though you also mentioned that you you moved with a newborn baby. How did that affect uh, you breaking into Copenhagen and finding your feet? That was very different from you, uh, you know, you settling in as a working woman. Um, I stopped working and went from a busy working life um, with, you know, settled in uh, Gothenburg where we lived uh, with a big, uh, you know, social network to being uh, without my work uh, in a new city, in a new country, completely on my own. Quite a difference then. Yes, it was a difference. And in addition... My uh, ex-husband, uh, he was also traveling. Uh, so he was out of Copenhagen five days a week, basically. And that meant that I, I was pretty much on my own. Similarly to you, I didn't have any old friends or family around. So you were all on your own, uh, alone. Were you lonely as well at times? I don't 
remember feeling lonely and I think it was uh, pretty much because I mean it was my first baby uh, I got busy with unpacking all our things for the apartment uh, while breastfeeding and trying to find my feet as, as being a mom um, so I don't remember feeling lonely and uh, for the first couple of months I did also not seek anyone's company uh, and I think that probably means I'm quite an introvert as well and I think that that was probably more a reflection of my needs uh, of you know bonding with with uh, my son and uh, settling settling down in the new role rather than settling down or settling in in Denmark I don't know if that makes sense to you oh absolutely I can totally relate I used to love this baby baby bubble in the beginning that there was absolutely no need for for uh, social life at all no i i felt very much in a similar way i was you know as i said unpacking um and i was out walking a lot in copenhagen uh, with a baby trolley walking everywhere obviously we moved there in august so it was a good couple of months being out walking uh, sitting in the parks um you know sitting down at the cafe looking at people reading a book when possible uh, so I really enjoyed that change um, both for myself to to get settled uh, in being a mom as I said but also um, not having any other demands than looking out for for my son I think that's a very good point uh, being alone doesn't mean necessarily that you're lonely No, I think for me it was really, it was a choice Um, and after a couple of months, uh, I can't remember exactly uh, if it was before Christmas or after Christmas, I then started to feel that I needed something more, I needed something else and uh, during my walking tours, I'd then also been walking past the Swedish church uh, quite a number of times and I had seen that they had like baby or mom toddler groups. And I thought, you know, at one point I then said, okay, I mean, let's be a bit brave uh, and go there. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, how how did you end up finding your tribe? That That's where I found my first couple of friends. Um, there were these um, groups uh, twice a week. I think it was Tuesdays and uh, Thursdays for a couple of hours. And it was, uh, I think that, you know, if had I stayed in Sweden, then you automatically get enrolled in a mother baby group. And then you follow along with these mothers for, for quite some time, because in Sweden you have very generous maternity leaves. Uh, obviously, I didn't get part, uh, didn't get to be part of such a group. Uh, but this shirt group uh, became the replacement, I think. Uh, there were babies of different ages and there were also children who were a bit older. Uh, but everyone was there because they wanted to meet people. For me, I found uh, two, uh, I mean, there were a lot of really nice women, but I found particularly two women um, who became really, really good friends. And uh, over the years, they also somehow became like our Danish family in the sense that we spent a lot of time together We were out and about with the children during the days and uh, oftentimes we then spent uh, time together also in the weekends or had dinners together. I think in uh, in a sense it was similar to an extended family because we were uh, relying on each other. And was that how you found your belonging? I think so, yes. Um, I think it's belonging, you know, 
realizing that there is someone in the city or you know you, you walk into that hall with with um, where, where we were gathering and someone say hey Marlin um not the first week and not the second week but after that and you recognize faces and eventually I then also met a few of these moms when they were out walking on town and you know you say hello and you stop and chat with people all of a sudden I started to feel that okay you know this is my place right now and you then grow or I grew into that so it didn't change from one day to another but of course from having had no one who said hello to you to having a couple of people doing that for me that made a big difference oh absolutely and I think that's a way of integrating yeah and and then little by little you you can start building a network um I I am quite happy on my own and I also don't uh, need a lot of friends so for me this small small setting with a few people that fit me very well um, at the time quality over quantity yeah and sometimes you can have both but (laughs) 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 I I also think uh, I mean uh, I was also uh, somehow um, you know continuing uh, writing my thesis a little bit and that also kept me uh, busy for a couple of hours a day depending on you know how, how the day developed and how my son was sleeping so I think that was also somehow um, that was connecting me somehow to to my old life uh, but in a positive way in the sense that I decided when I did it and if I did it so it kept you busy yes it did while living in New York, I stayed really busy, as I mentioned previously, and I didn't feel homesick at all. I know you told me, Molly, before that you didn't feel homesick either. Um, is that because you maintained a connection with Sweden? Yes, absolutely. And I'm also from uh, the south of Sweden. So I have my uh, families, uh, you know, it was, uh, I forgot to tell you that actually, because the day uh, that was my son was born on the 1st of July 2000, that was also the day when the bridge between Sweden and Denmark opened. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. So he's the, they have the same age, basically. And that, that's how I remember, you know, when that bridge was built. Because when I was a child, we had to go with a ferry. Yeah, I, I remember that. <laughs> and they also had on that day, they had, um, when, it, when it was inaugurated, when I was, you know, at, at the hospital, then uh, there was a, like a running uh, running race or something to, to inaugurate the bridge so it was a big event and you know the the queen of denmark was there and the king of sweden was there greeting each other so it was a big big event and i mean that happened to coincide uh, with with the birth of my son (laughs) (laughs) that's a good story (laughs) so then coming back you know since i had my family uh, in 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 uh, malmo which is close to the bridge basically I did go over, but I also think I didn't go over on a weekly basis. But, you know, whenever I felt that, you know, I wanted to see my my parents or my brother, I actually lived closer to them living in Denmark than I did when I lived in Sweden, because then we lived further away. That's interesting. Isn't it? (laughs) You don't think about distance within your own home country. No, no, you, you don't. Reflecting on your um, experiences, Helena, I actually now think that there are quite quite a lot of similarities in how we found our belonging, don't you? Uh, yeah, I fully agree with you. Despite being in different phases in life, we found uh, our belonging um, in our close proximity, I would say. Like, I found mine uh, through my work and you found yours uh, through mom groups. 
So that is one thing that we have been speaking about and that has been similar also when we have moved to other places is that we have found uh, the belonging where we have found like-minded people. Indeed. And I think, as we said before, I don't think it's in the quantity. It's more in the quality of the friends that you have. So we talked about expectations and and, uh, that when you move, you can lose your footing a little bit and you have to start over again. And sometimes that is quick and relatively easy, like in the case when I moved to New York. And sometimes it can take take a little bit longer, like it did for you, Molly, when you moved to Copenhagen. But uh, let's move over to the the takeaways. And what did you learn uh, from your initial phase in, in Copenhagen, Molly? My takeaway, that's a, it's a very good question and it's an important one when you're moving around, I think, what you learn from, from doing so. I think for me, one of the biggest takeaways have been to give yourself time. That's a really good point. Basically with that, I mean that when you are new in a place and everything around you is new, things will take more time than they normally do. And that is okay. You don't need to worry about it. There's no need to stress about it. Little by little, you will get familiar with the things that are new to start with. And with that, you then also start to feel a little bit more settled. I think in my experience, it has really been like the first half year um, has been just finding my feet. And after that, I can then start to say, okay, you know, I'm now ready to ready to move on and do more things. And with that, I don't mean that, you know, it took half a year until I found a restaurant or I found a grocery store. But having the sense that, you know, I can go somewhere without using the map, for instance, or, you know, <laughs> as we mentioned before, there's someone to who knows your name. With that said, you need to work on things to fall into place because there is no one who is going to ask for you otherwise. Uh, but if you do that, uh, I, I mean, my experience is really that things fall into place and um, you are where you're supposed to be. What about you, Helena? Do you have a main takeaway? Uh, I agree with you that time is important. Um, letting yourself take in the time. Obviously, in my case, it was a little bit rushed, but it was uh, under different circumstances. Other than that, I think um, what it all comes down to is to have something meaningful to do and uh, a purpose, if you will, um, and also a sense of belonging. I think it's, it's very important when settling in in a new country and finding your footing. Yes, and finding the belonging is somehow uh, connected to finding someone to hang out with. So true. My final takeaway is that uh, things are going to be different. Uh, Not better, uh, not worse, uh, but different. And if you're able to embrace that things are different, uh, then I also think that uh, the likelihood for success uh, in being an expat is uh, much higher. I love that. And I think that relates to the importance of living in the moment uh, or in the present and, and also finding happiness in the little things. I fully agree on that, Helena, and that is something that you are really good in doing. I think we both are, actually. (laughs) (laughs) With that, uh, the time has come to wrap up for today. Yeah, time flies. 
It does when you're having a good time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you have any plans for the week to come? Yeah, I have exciting plans, actually. Um, no, I will continue my plant-based journey with my husband, which is a, a whole new world for me. Is it going well? Surprisingly well, yeah. Um, and apart from that, I uh, got really inspired by you and your, your trip to Salamanca, Molly. And so my husband and I are planning a day trip to Valencia, which is a really nice city on the Mediterranean coast. And uh, we're just going to take the train and go there for the for the day and have a paella by the beach. How nice. And isn't the Valencia also the paella town in Spain? I think it is, yeah. And uh, I also have a friend who lives there, so hopefully I will be able to see him as well. That sounds like a nice week ahead. Yes, very much looking forward to it. Uh, what about you, Molly? Do you have any plans? I also have a really nice week ahead of me. Good for you. I'm going to host a coffee morning for the social club that both of us are part of. Yeah, that tends to be really nice. It does. And it's a very simple concept. You basically, you know, you make the coffee, prepare the coffee and tea. And then you open up your home for the members who live in your area. And people are then bringing the goodies along. And then we sit and chat and talk and, you know, exchange experiences. And there are people from all over the world. So it's a, normally very interesting conversations. Th that, that's for sure. So uh, that's one thing. In addition to that, one of my sons is uh, coming home as well. So I'm very excited about that. And my brother is coming. So it's going to be a full house. A full house. How nice. Yes. I'm a little bit envious. My, <laughs> my house is very empty. Yeah, but you're going away. So that's okay. <laughs> as Easter is now approaching, we have decided that the topic for our next episode will be Easter and Easter traditions around the globe. That's going to be fun. Definitely. This is Expat Life with Molly and Helena. Thanks so much for joining us on this adventure. We would love to hear from you, so please leave your comments and questions on Instagram. Expat Life with Molly and Helena.